Need a last-minute gift idea? This Christmas, give the gift of Christmas. Yes, Christmas Past, the fascinating stories behind our favorite holidays traditions, is just the book for all the Christmas lovers in your life. Available in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook, and you'll find it at all your favorite booksellers. Give them a Merry Christmas and tell them Brian Earl sent you. We've given them to my in-laws. Every once in a while, we'll go ahead and get one for the kids because they've got big families now. So we like to give them to them so they can have a little bit of family time with their kids. And I'm talking to Brandy Schulteis in West Virginia about a common Christmas gift that seems just about everyone has at one point given or received. It's festive, inexpensive, and ideal for casual gift giving. Need a Secret Santa gift? Something for a Yankee swap? A hostess gift? Something to bring to the neighbors on a holiday visit? Or forget gifts for a moment, do you just need your own stash of munchies for all those movies and TV specials you're watching during the season? Well then, you're probably already familiar with Christmas popcorn tins. You know, those three-gallon containers with Christmassy designs filled with three different flavors of gourmet popcorn, typically butter, cheese, and caramel. My husband will eat the plain and the cheese. I like the caramel popcorn that's in them. Sometimes they make a nice gift on their own, and sometimes they're given as part of a theme. We usually give a movie with them or something so that they can have a family movie night. And they're a gift that keeps on giving in many ways. Because that decorative tin will be around a lot longer than the popcorn that comes in it. And that has inspired lots of practical and festive uses. When she was alive, my grandmother would give us popcorn tins. And then after we ate the popcorn, she would ask us or tell us if we don't want the tin to save it for anything, she asked if we would give it back to her. Well, the next year, we would get our handmade gifts from her in them. She would weave rugs um, and she would put the rugs in them make us some dish towels and dishcloths, and she would put those in there. Christmas popcorn tins have been around since the 1960s. Today, they're a big business and undeniably a part of the atmosphere of the Christmas season. But why and how? Well, it's a combination of creative recycling, clever marketing, innovative printing, and a little help along the way from Walmart and Etch-A-Sketch. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. Popcorn and Christmas have a long history together. As far back as colonial times in America, popcorn was used as a Christmas decoration, strung like beads along a piece of thread and draped around the tree. Popcorn balls are common in some households during the season. But it's a connection that never ran all that deep. Sure, popcorn is a common enough sight during the Christmas season, but then again, so are cheese and crackers. Generally festive and appetizing, but not as closely associated with the holiday as, say, gingerbread or candy canes. But then, not so very long ago, that changed. And it changed pretty quickly and in a pretty big way. Those decorated popcorn tins are often one of the first signs that the Christmas season is coming, showing up on the shelves of just about every kind of retail, grocery, and drugstore. How did that evolve? Let me tell you how that evolved, okay? That's Bob Ram, and he's definitely the guy to tell us how it evolved because he's one of the people that made it happen. Bob is the owner of Topsy's Popcorn based in Kansas City, Missouri. That company has been in business since 1929 and currently comprises a dozen retail gourmet popcorn shops in and around Kansas City. Topsy produces about a million pounds of popcorn for Christmas each year, which accounts for about 90% of its yearly profits. And it all began in the 1960s in Kansas City. And the origin of the Christmas popcorn can has more to do with the can than the popcorn. 
The popcorn cans originally were how we received popcorn oil. It held exactly 50 pounds of popcorn oil. Popcorn people are kind of creative in the way they do business. So we would buy popcorn oil in those in the 60s. And since they were food grade can, then we could resell popcorn in that can. Initially, we just threw the cans away. And our customers would say, don't throw that away. Fill that up with popcorn and sell me that with popcorn in it. Selling popcorn in large metal cans was a big hit. It offered a party-sized amount of popcorn in an unconventional form of packaging. But those plain metal cans were, well, plain. But not for long. Then our competitor, I have to give them credit, they hired somebody to paint on the outside of the cans. Those first painted cans were hand-painted, one by one, with some kind of Santa Claus face or winter scene. And while this was a great idea, it was also very difficult to do on a large scale. And as soon as Christmas popcorn cans caught on, producing at scale was make or break. The problem is the industry grew so quick that you couldn't hand paint enough of these cans to do the supply and demand. Sometime in the late 1960s, Topsy's figured out a way to solve that problem. In the first place, they could no longer rely on the metal cans used to deliver the popcorn oil. They were going to start producing their own because they had figured out something that would prove to be crucial. Our company actually figured out how to print on metal to make the first cans decorative. And they got a little help along the way from the maker of a well-known toy. The original company was in Ohio. The name of the company was Ohio Art Company. Their claim to fame was they made the Etch-A-Sketch toy. Back in those days, toys were made out of metal. So they knew how to print on metal. That developed the whole popcorn industry. That was a start in the late 60s. That printing innovation is what really kicked off Christmas popcorn tins, not as a holiday product sold in regional retail stores, but as a giant industry. But one more thing would have to happen before we could start seeing anything at all like today's level of ubiquity. And it all had to do with Bob's across-the-street neighbor. One of my neighbors, he was in the dairy business. Well, we bought butter from them because he was a neighbor. And he figured out if I was buying hundreds, or in that case, thousands of pounds of butter, I was making a lot of popcorn. So Bob's neighbor, wanting a piece of the action for himself, went into the popcorn business. They built it up, and their first customer was uh, Walmart. Walmart said, we'll buy a million cans of popcorn. So they sold Walmart a million cans of popcorn, did pretty well with it. And the good news was, Walmart said, next year, instead of buying a million cans of popcorn, we're going to buy three million cans of popcorn. But this year, you have to cut the price by a quarter. And this trend continued. Walmart every year bought more popcorn cans, cutting the price down, and so on. Cutting the price typically meant reducing the amount of popcorn. The day, the typical can that you see at Walmart is probably in the two and a half gallon range. And many of them don't put the popcorn directly into the can. They are putting the popcorn into a bag and then putting three flavors of bag corn into the container. Again, it takes up a little more space that way. They're trying to hit that five to seven dollar per can price point. Every year, Topsy's commissions a new set of designs to be printed on its cans. And there's a bit of a trick to finding just the right design. You would think for Christmas in the holiday season, Santa Claus would be the best. Santa Claus is not the best for several reasons. 
one of which you don't really want to see Santa Claus before Thanksgiving. And the day after Christmas, I hate to say it, but everybody's sick of Santa Claus. The fact is, the better performing designs are the ones that suggest the holidays without screaming it. Winter scenes are good, snow's good. So what you want to say is Christmas or the holiday season without screaming Santa Claus. Probably the most successful popcorn design was a can that we own, and we've run it since 1984, was of the Plaza Lights, which is a shopping center area, which doesn't mean much to a lot of people. But it, it was a holiday scene in the winter with the snow and the lights on the building. One of the great things about Christmas popcorn cans is that when they're empty, you now have yourself a nice decorative tin to do whatever you want with. Just like how our friend Brandy's grandmother reused them as gift tins. And other people find all kinds of good uses for them. People use them for storage. They use them for dog food containers. They're real good for dog and cat food. Some people use them to store Christmas lights or holiday decorations. Well, because this story started in Missouri in the 1960s, how about a Christmas memory from the 1960s from someone in Missouri? Seems only fitting. And while Christmas popcorn tins make a lovely and yummy Christmas gift, I'm sorry to say that they just don't compare to the gift that Susan remembers receiving all those years ago. The Christmas season is my favorite time of year. Gathering with family and friends, watching Christmas movies, decorating the tree, and continuing the tradition of making my mom's Christmas cookie recipe. One of my best childhood Christmas memories is the Christmas gift I received from my mom and dad in 1967. I was the oldest sibling of five, so I was allowed to go to midnight mass with my mom. When I got home, Santa had already been to our house. There, under the tree, was a lime green bike with a metallic green banana seat with pink tassels on the handlebars. I was so excited. As I got older, I cherished the memory of that gift even more. I learned my dad had worked two part-time jobs in addition to his full-time job so they could get me that bike and bikes for my siblings too. My siblings and I weren't the only ones smiling that Christmas day. So were my mom and dad. This season is starting to feel like it's winding down. Christmas is mere days away. But we're not done yet, so stay subscribed for the remaining episodes of the season, including our seventh annual Christmas Year in Review on Christmas Day itself. So I'll see you in a couple of days with an all-new story from Christmas Past, and until then, let me remind you that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thank you to Bob Ram, Brandy Schulteis, Susan in Missouri, and you. Drop me a line anytime with a Christmas memory or just to say hi. My email address is christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And do join our private Christmas Past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover the show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details, and until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.